G'day and welcome back to another episode of the My Peak Podcast, the home of everything cricket and holistic development. Brownie, how are you, traveller? Good, Cameron, good. Good to be here. <laughs> We've just had a couple of coffees, punched out some emails and work this morning, little gym session, upper body gym session, which was nice. Yeah, nice for you. I like to go down low. <laughs> <laughs> you do have the tree trunks, brother. What are we talking about today? Oh, today we're going to recap the entire Sri Lanka v Australia series. Well, that was disappointing, wasn't it? Yeah, we'll touch base on whether we thought it was or not. Then we're going to look forward to Term 3 at my peak, talk about what's in store, some uh, big things ahead. And then we're going to finish... What are we finishing with again? Ah, we're finishing with a few things that we're thinking athletes are lacking in or what they could oh, improve Oh, as we in head into the preseason. With their holistic yes. development. That's the approach we're going to take today. So awesome. it should be a good episode. There'll be some good takeaways, tangible takeaways that hopefully the athletes or people can implement in their life straight away. And we should talk a little bit about um, our experience. <laughs> one of the things, routine is, yeah, is yeah. a good one and, and, and yeah, other things. So, all right, let's rip into it. All right, let's touch base on, well, first of all, it was only a two-match series. <laughs> oh, that was a doozy. Tell the crew about what I happened. think everyone thought it was a, th- did everyone I spoke to thought it was a three-match yeah, yeah. series. Yeah, yeah, so I really wish we were filming the podcast at this time, <laughs> because as I was about to speak on one of the episodes, I threw my fingers up to Jugs, is it two or three-match series? <laughs> And Jugs going, yeah, mate, it's three, it's three. I'm going, oh, okay, well, I think it'll be 2-1 then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which I was on track for. Well, oh. yeah, it probably would have happened. Yeah. Oh, well, who knows? <laughs> should have happened. Well, it shouldn't have happened, but it should have happened. So, yeah, it was disappointing that it was only two, yeah. two matches. It was two different matches. One that we sort of trounced him in the first mm. game, and then the second game was the same, but the opposite. They made us look like toddlers, I suppose. Yeah, they did. Like, really well. Yeah. Like, really well. Their first batting innings was exceptional. Like, their patience, the way they built partnerships, they they executed at the right times. They weren't in a hurry early. Mm. Like, that, it was just really well orchestrated innings. Yeah, yeah. It was weird because it was... Both games were at the same venue, but two completely different wickets. Just goes <laughs> to show how much they can manipulate conditions over there. Yeah, absolutely. And, like... But you would have thought the first game would have suited them more... And the second game would have suited us more. Mm. But it was the other way around. Like some of the if you watch the highlights from the first game, it looked like the most subcontinental wicket you can think of. Mm. And then you watch the highlights of the second game, you would have thought Australia would have been better suited in those conditions. Yeah, well it's not like we played poorly until the second innings. Yeah, well yeah. like like the first like two and a half days, like it was pretty evenly poised. Like, we batted well. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, and even we we bowled reasonably well. I think we bowled well. Like, I watched Lion bowl a fair bit in the uh, first innings. I thought he bowled pretty well. I think he just... I think um, Sri Lanka played him really well, yeah, to be yeah. honest. They had obviously gone away and set some plans against Lion. Um, yeah, and we were able to sort of diffuse him a little bit in that first inning. Yeah, how many wickets did Lion take? In the first innings? In the second test. Maybe two. Yeah, wow. Yeah. I could be wrong. It could be three. Yeah, um, it could be three. But even still, it wasn't like yeah, a five yeah. or a six for like their spinners were well, doing. Well, Starkey took the big four for yeah, the first Yeah, Starkey innings. took four. Up you go, Starkey. Well done, Starkey. <laughs> so, would you say it was a successful tour? No. It was a disappointing tour, but I think, and 
Patty said it at the end of the series that it just highlights how difficult it is to play mm. in that country. And I think a lot of people underestimated how hard it would be to go to Sri Lanka and perform well, but not to win either of the series. Yeah, well, we won one, the T20 series. Yeah, the one-dayers or the... And then we got pumped in the one-dayers. Yeah. And then won all in the Test Match series. So, yeah. I think it was disappointing. disappointing. Definitely, it's definitely disappointing. You go there to win. Yeah. But I do take your notes. Like, it's not an easy place to go and play cricket. Mm. But of all the subcontinental places, that should be where we're going. And and playing well. Playing good cricket and not winning every game. Yeah. But even even the way we got beat in that third game, in that second test, that last innings, just you're just watching it going next bloke's coming in he's getting out like we just look like we were defeated mm. any changes like looking back on it would you have done anything differently oh uh, no you not with the same like team. selections you yeah. mean no i was happy like i was happy with the team though yeah. like we said the second test after we dominated in the first test mm. picking the same team we like that i don't think the team that was out there was any excuse for the results mm. i mean yeah do we... you think differently no, the only thing I think back to is how many overs Cameron Green bowled, and it wasn't really that many, mm. like over the series. So I think like maybe you could have played. Yeah, but he's a there to bat batter. first. He is, he is. But is a there stronger a stronger batter? Is there a stronger batter yeah, you okay. could have had in? Probably not. Especially because like Travis Head ended up bowling like Marnus bowled like they ended up bowling as much yeah, spin yeah. as they could. So maybe, there's not many. Would that have changed I'll, the result? Probably yeah, not. Yeah, I don't think you could pick a better batter than Cam Green though. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, so... He's a gun. What did you think of our spinners over the well, tour? Yeah, Lion, Lion's Lion. Mm. I didn't watch much of Lion bowl in that second test. Mm. But, like, Lion won us the game in game one. Sweppo, what do you think of Sweppo as a spinner yourself? He reminds me, and I think I might have said this before, but he reminds me a lot of someone, like a young fella coming into a first grade setup. Mm. Like a like a Premier Cricket and um, bowling to stay on and like always thinking like oh I sh- shouldn't have done that like I feel like he's bowling with so much pressure and as you would like he's obviously trying to cement a spot as the second spinner you would feel that pressure but I don't feel like he's backing his skills mm. enough um, he was at, I actually felt like he got wickets at the right times I felt like he went for a couple of boundaries and then all of a sudden the uh, batter whether the batter switched off or he bowled a really good ball whatever but I feel like there was a few times there where he could have the scales could have tipped and he could have gone for a few runs but he snuck a wicket which sort of made his figures look okay yeah well that's his job isn't it yeah as a leg spinner you're not too well if you're playing with a leg spinner you're not expecting him to go for three and over and not like He's, he's there to take wickets. If he goes for five and over, then so be it if he's taken a whole bag full. But he didn't take a bag full, to no. be fair. His speed worries me a bit. He bowls very fast. Yeah. He bowls 90 plus Ks an hour. He's... Was he bowling that fast during that series? Most of the time I flicked it on to watch, he was bowling around that 90K Yeah, mark. right. And he obviously, like, he collapses at the crease. His arm's quite low. So, yeah. like, there's just a few things there that I think... He's trying to contain more than he's trying to take wickets. Like, he's bowling to stay on at some stage, but he bowls like that. How do you reckon Adam Zampa would go in test cricket? Yeah, I don't know. That's a hard question. I mean, he he, he bowls... His his action, he's a lot taller. Whether he's taller by 
like actual stats. Yeah, I don't yeah, know, yeah. but he's a lot taller in his action. His arms a lot taller, which is obviously why it's harder to pick his wrong because mm. he's always up tall. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I don't know. It, it'd be we've never seen him get a run. He's always done okay in um like shield, shield cricket, cricket and stuff. Yeah. yeah, but they've never they do it all the time. They box players as like T Twenty one. Yeah. Day, yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know how he'd go. It'd be yeah. interesting to watch him have a run. Like I don't think he'd be any um, worse than what Swepson's done. Yeah, and not that yeah. he's done poorly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just think he'd deliver the same. If yeah. Maybe not better. Yeah. And I think if if Zampa was to play, he would um he would be bowling with more confidence just because. That's Zampa. It, yeah, he also just feels like he's cemented. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Whether he plays well in the Test matches, like doesn't matter. I'm gonna yeah. play in the one day in a couple of months' time anyway. So. What do you think of the part timers? Travis Head, Marnus Lubbershane. Mm. I don't know. Like, I think they train a lot, so they obviously get to bowl a lot. They're not they're part timers at international level. They're genuine bowlers. If you bring them back down to, like, yeah. even shield cricket and big bash oh, cricket, probably still. But even Marnus, like he bowls his three or four overs in the in the big bash and stuff. Like, yeah, they, yeah, they yeah, utilize yeah, him pretty well. So, I thought they bowled okay. Marnus is the same. He gets really low at the crease when yeah. he bowls and. Trav actually tries to get up and over, revs it yeah. a bit, but yeah, look, anyone anyone that can bowl with some revs on the ball is going to do well in the subcontinent, yeah, or he's yeah. going to be able to take wickets anyway. What do you think of old mate that took twelve for? Yeah, <laughs> the Sri Lankan Jay or C or whatever his name was. Um, I think a lot of the time you see it, someone comes on who there's not all that much homework done on, and they do well early. Yeah, yeah. But after a couple of months, people figure out how to play them, yeah, and yeah. they're not as effective. You see that all the time in all levels of yeah. all levels of sport. Yeah, yeah. People crash onto cricket. the scene. Yeah, yeah. Second year syndrome, they call it. Yeah, yeah. What did you think? Well, he bowled some, he bowled some good deliveries. That ball that got Cam Green in the second innings. He's got a beautiful action. He just surprised... He, I think... Cam Green was like shocked at how good the ball was. Mm. Like he got beaten, and then it's like he went to reach back to get back into his crease, mm. and was like that all happened so quick. He's like, I've just been bamboozled. Mm. But then I reckon there's some balls that were still good balls, but we probably made him look a lot better than like if you watch his highlights, you'd be like, holy dooly. Mm. But I do th- like some of those balls were genuinely good balls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think for a guy um, playing his first first game of Test cricket or first game of international cricket. Yeah, and I think a lot of the time when you see guys on debut or early in their career, a lot of the tactic can be like, let's just get their confidence down. Like, mm. let's hit them out a bit. Let's let's sort of um, yeah put them behind the eight ball. And you just yeah you can't really do that with. Like sometimes when you try and do that, it'll it'll backfire. Yeah, and yeah. I think not that they were going overly aggressive, but I think sometimes you just don't respect bowlers the way you should. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair play. How do you think our batters went over the um over the two test matches in particular? Yeah, well, it was interesting because, like, obviously you can't fault them in the first test. We only batted one. Oh, Warner faced <laughs> Warner faced two balls in the second innings. Mm. But then the second game, like we, we what did we post three hundred and seventy four. Yeah, it was close to four hundred. And I thought that was a good score. And then they just batted, like that Shandamal. Mm. <laughs> oh just my batted. god! Yeah, just kept batting it. When I was watching, I was kind of like, he never looked like he was, like, I kind of thought like he was going to get out, not get out, but I never thought he was going to hurt us. That many runs. Yeah, yeah, and he just kept batting and batting and yeah. batting, and then. It was almost like our batters were shocked at how easily he did it. Mm. And then, I don't know, it was just a weird innings where, like, I just never felt comfortable watching us bat in the second innings. 
Mm. Like, even in the first test, or even in the first innings, when we did lose a couple of wickets, it was always like, yeah, that's all right. Marnus and Smith are in, that's all right. Carey's coming in. Mm. Green's coming. Like, they were walking out, and I was going, we're cooked here. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened. Sometimes you can feel the, um, like, you can literally feel the momentum start yeah. to switch. And, uh, yeah, the attitude of both teams is yeah, just yeah. changed And you could see quickly. the Sri Lankans. They, they were, were loving it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Their coaches, their, or coaches and players on the sideline were having the time of their lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, even, like, just how quickly the game finished. Like, I remember posting on Instagram. Going to go for five days or whatever. No, nah, what did I post? I said, oh, yeah, I said, was it going to be a draw? Yeah. Was Sri Lanka going to win? And about 25 minutes later, the game was over. Yeah. And so, so it was a series. <laughs> then I posted to a decider. Oh, that was funny. So I think the other one to think about, like, Warner. Like, he, ha- he's, he, he hasn't really done all that well traveling yeah. the last few years. Like, his last 15 innings, I think he averages, like, all under 20. No, I saw a uh post. He's averaged 27. Okay, so it's under 30. In the last 18 yeah. months, I think. Yeah. I, like you can't <laughs> I'm the bloke that would love to <laughs> see him drop go. Warner but oh, he's the last bloke in that team you drop yeah that's right like you just look at when he was out how poorly we went and mm. even like games that he's missed in between mm. we're a different side without him yeah do you think that that's just um, the, the confidence he instills in the rest of the team like, yeah I reckon that's a big big role in it how much do you reckon he's involved in the leadership side of things in that team oh i don't think like in the meetings i don't think it would be that much like i don't think he's in turn i reckon his leadership's more just like blokes subconsciously following what he does yeah i think you're right like if warner does it it's not gospel but like people see him do things and know how good of a cricketer he is and how successful he's been yeah. and he's naturally you just follow it his behavior is probably infectious yeah, yeah 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 like i don't think he's going to be sitting down in a meeting and putting his hand up to answer questions or give strategy but i think he would play a big role in just like match preparation and in between training sessions mm. and sort of getting ready for training and whatnot. Yeah, he doesn't strike me as someone who would um, hit as many balls as Marnus and Smith. I think oh, God, no. No prob- one does that. No, but he'd probably spend a lot of time at training one-on-one with guys, I reckon. Yeah, I yeah. reckon he'd go around and touch base, and I reckon he'd be pretty good like that. Yeah, yeah, he definitely... Well, like... Yeah, it's... It's interesting, because he's the type of guy, like, a couple of years ago, I thought he was going to just give up not give up but not play test cricket anymore yeah travel the world play ipl cpl whatever big bash yeah sort of like he was going to be the chris gale 2.0 but like the way he's just he's played better cricket and we just said the last 18 months was that only away games i don't know what the yeah. stat was but he hasn't been his best self. yeah 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 but even still like his contribution to the team yeah yeah, yeah has been something you can't measure. Yeah, exactly right. But even like, you look at, if you go and ask Uzi, and it's funny that we ask an Uzi this now that he opens with him, but if you ask Uzi, who would you rather open with, Dave Warner, or who do you replace him with? Yeah, well, yeah. Don't say Marcus Harris. No, no, well, Renshaw, or... Yeah, no, I think it's pretty obvious who he'd choose. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. And that just comes back to the confidence yeah. thing. 
I also think Warner's good for the battle. Like whenever oh, you feel yeah. back against the wall, if you're out there batting with Warner, you're like, I feel pretty safe. Yeah, here. yeah. Like, I feel like he's gonna. He's the type of guy. Every couple of years, you have this convo. I used to always have this convo. Yeah. Because I always, I don't know, it's just something about him. You just want him. You there. just no, like a couple of years ago, I didn't want him there. Mm. But that wasn't because of the player he was. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then every couple of years you have this convo. It's like, oh, Warner's struggling, and then he'll come out and hit 500 runs in two test matches. Yeah. And... Oh, you get him back here for our summer, and he'll yeah. kill it. His numbers in Australia are phenomenal. Oh, yeah, phenomenal. If you took out his games in, or if you just took out his games in England alone, his stats would be incredible. Probably up there with the best openers of all time. Yeah, I would say. He, he, he is already one of the best openers of all time. Oh, yeah. We'll have to, on this, pick our like team of the decade and team of the century. Yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. Um, what about coaching staff? Is there going to be any like uh, you know touchy subjects now that you know we've obviously got rid of Langer yeah, and yeah. then now we've gone over a series that we probably should have won? Yeah. And we've lost the one day as in a draw in the test matches. Yeah. It's it's clear shifting like um culture. Yeah. Like Langer was and you saw that in the test. Mm. He was like the clear leader was always Alpha. The alpha, yeah. Always the guy that spoke first and last mm. in all those meetings. And like he would approach himself on players. Mm. Like you see you saw him clash with Uzi in the um Pakistan tour when he was getting them to do things that they didn't want to do and getting them outside their comfort zone where I think and you can see like currently like McDonald seems the total opposite where it's like he will see like what's best and Paddy what do you think Manus what do you think Smith what would you do mm. Gaza what would you do and it's like come up with a collaborative approach mm. and like you saw even when um, they dropped Langer or sacked or he stood down, whatever you say, that was the first thing Paddy said in his um, press conference. He said, "We're just going with a bit more of a collaborative approach to things now that we've got a slightly more experienced playing group, and that makes total sense because when Langer come in, like that was the lowest point of Australian cricket history." And you're you're dealing with blokes that have never played test cricket before. But now these blokes are basically, you've got the blokes come back in. These guys have been together for, what, six, five, six years now. Mm. Plus you're throwing like your Cam Greens and stuff. And I think the approach can be different because you've got a more experienced playing group. Yeah, I agree. I think that the bit that we'll miss out on is... People like Langer or guys that approach it or girls that approach it like Langer did with his coaching sometimes gets that like little extra half a percent or one percent out of players because there's an expectation there. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know if Andrew McDonald would necessarily have the expectation of some of his players to do things like get out of your comfort zone or mm. do the extra one percent here or do this hit there and there was no argument about it. Like if Langer said it had to be done. So when you've got the choice and you give athletes a choice, sometimes I feel like that then solely relies on their character and sometimes the character doesn't stand up. But when you've got someone like Langer telling them that it's, you know, this is, you have to do this, I think that's when you get those little extra percent yeah. well, out of it. It's true, but it's where you see the flip side as well. Like, yeah, personality is like you're always going to have clashes like you saw a personality like Uzi who didn't like being told what to do. But now he's flourished. Yeah, now he's 
doing it his best own way player in the world. Yeah. <laughs> so like you're always going to have and that's the that's the challenge of any coach, isn't mm. it? To try and get the best out of everyone because everyone's different. Yeah, yeah, especially cricket. Like, yeah, yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. So, but moving forward, like I'm really interested to see how it goes. Like, if you think about some of the experience in the team, like mm. you've got Warner, you've got Smith, then like look at the bowling attack. It's yeah. the most experienced bowling attack. Yeah. Well, England's very experienced with Broad and Anderson, but Paddy Stark, Hazelwood, Lyon. Like, that's a lot of games of cricket in there. Especially just the people you can bring in if any of those guys are unavailable. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, in terms of, like, if the, if you were a guy in charge telling them what to do all the time, it's like these guys are now at a level where they know, they should know the ins and outs of their game. Agreed. Know who they're playing, ins and outs. Know what works best for them. And they should be at the level now where they know what works best for each other. Because yep. they played so much cricket with each other, that that collaborative approach should work really well. I agree with that comment. The only pushback I'd give is a lot of the time when people are, have done something for an extended period of time, like there's complacency. Yeah, yeah. And you hope there's not like when you talk about the baggy green or like yeah. Australian cricket, you hope that those guys would never come complacent. Um, but you see it in workplaces all the oh, time. Oh, they're only human, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Yeah. And, you know, they've got families outside. They've got yeah. other hobbies that they like to do, you know. like then the longer you go, the more you start to see those other things. Oh, I wouldn't mind doing this. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. mind doing that. And you just don't want complacency to step in without someone to bring them back into line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the passion that Langer always had. And I'm not, like, pro-Langer or not pro-Langer. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I can just see both sides of it. And I hope that this isn't the start of, like, a slow decline like yeah, yeah you know what i mean so yeah it'll be interesting to see how we go because we've got some big cricket coming up in the oh, next yeah. six months we've got some exciting cricket i can't wait i think we'll do really well i'm back in australia to have a really successful summer this mm. year like a really successful we'll win the world cup like we will we won it in where was the last world cup yeah i don't know west <laughs> indies or india where was the last world know. cup that we just know. won i don't know I've literally got nothing. <laughs> I'm trying to think, and I'm just going, no, nope, nothing's there. Like, we'll win it in Australia. Is it Australia and New Zealand? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to fly to New Zealand and watch a game. Well, do it, brother. Yeah, I might do no it. No one's stopping you, mate. Well, we'll start a GoFundMe page, and if you've got... <laughs> All right, let's talk about my peak. Oh, my peak. Term three kicking off today. Yeah, term three. Exciting times where... Is this our fourth? No, our third term. No, no, this is our... Fourth. This will be our fourth term because we had did one term at the end of last year. So oh one, two, yeah, yeah. This will be our fourth term. Was, the first one was shortened though, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So approaching a full year of my peak. Well, actually, yeah, it is because we started a year ago, but it was just during lockdown. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So we got some big things planned. Um, this hope- ten weeks is obviously crucial as an athlete and a coach to time the run yeah. right for round one because at the end the biggest, of this term, round one. Yeah, this is the. This is the most important term for us, mm. for our athletes, I think. Definitely. In terms of prioritizing your training and in particular your holistic training. Mm. I think if you wanted to absolutely nail any of your four, I reckon this is the one you'd want to nail. Oh, yeah. This is the one you take all your confidence in. Yeah. You go into round one looking back the last 10 weeks yeah. and go, oh, that block was brilliant and can be brilliant for a number of different things, whether you've you know, worked on another skill that you hadn't had before that might be, you know, fitness-wise or it might be, you know, uh, skills-wise, sweep shots, whatever it might be. 
slower balls and you can look back on that and go i've nailed that the last 10 weeks and when you go into round one you feel ready yeah and it's the it's the old saying of the building blocks you're laying the foundation it's like when you go out walk out to bat or walk out to bowl or just walk out to field in round one you're never going to think about your first day of pre-season or your first month of pre-season mm. if you do it properly but it's going to be times if you don't do it that's when you might think about it. Yeah, that's right. I reckon a few times when I haven't had a good pre-season, I walk out there and I'm thinking about my pre-season because I'm thinking, oh, I'm a bit underdone here. Mm. But if you do it, do it properly. Well, not properly, but do it the way no that works stone well unturned. for you. Yeah. yeah. Then you don't think about it because no, you just no. walk out there knowing that Clarity. you've got the confidence and the, the work's been done. Yeah, exactly right. What kinds of things... Are you planning on implementing with the athletes this term to get them ready for round one? Jeez, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a big question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, well, obviously everyone's different. Well that's, done. Yeah. That's a great first answer. <laughs> but that's important. But like, just making sure you, it's not ticking the boxes, but everyone's got a, a unique way of making sure they're ready. Like you and I are completely different. Mm. You like to hit a lot of balls where... Oh, as you saw last Tuesday when you're throwing me balls. Even when Jugs tries to hit balls, he doesn't hit a lot of balls. <laughs> but I think just having the, and especially for the young athletes, they're at a stage now where they're experimenting with their uh, preparation. Yeah, that's right, they are. And it's trial and error for the athletes. It's like hopefully we can show them different ways that might suit them better to lead into a season. For sure. During pre-season. Or, even better, hopefully they're at the stage where they're identifying what does work well for mm. them. And then if they can replicate that week in, week out for a pre-season, then I think that's when they're going to be well prepared. I like it. Good answer. What about you? I think um, like the first couple of weeks, like let's say the first three or four weeks of the term, we're probably still working on some of the things we didn't finish off in the um, previous term. So, technical things you're probably still trying to get right. Um, and then as you move into like the last, let's say, you know, the next set of four weeks, probably starting to work on your routines and things mm. like that, how you're going to be approaching with your mindset, tactical um, uh, sorts of things. And then your back end, I think you want to work on your strengths a lot in the last couple of weeks. So Ooh, you're yeah. going into um, uh, round one having um, a lot of confidence because you've been practicing the things you're good at so you feel like you're hitting the ball well all those on. I think that's underrated isn't it yeah it is yeah. sometimes I just need someone to come in and throw me half volleys yeah yeah, yeah and yeah. I know like you think oh well is that going to make you any better well sometimes all it does is make me go oh okay I can actually hit the ball out yeah. the middle a bit so yeah, you know yeah. what I mean so sometimes you do need it and then around all of that obviously what my peak's about is just making sure the uh, athletes being holistic with whatever they need to be off the field to make sure that they're training properly, that they're eating properly, sleeping properly. So yeah, no stone on turn come round one. Yeah, I think back to the training, your strength. Like, how often do you go into the nets and just think, all right, what am I working on today? And straight away you think about all your weaknesses. Yeah, that's right. And for a lot of youngsters that like to overthink the over, overthink the game in total or their game, mm. Like, just going in and working on your strengths. You're not going to do it, obviously, all the time. Because no. you do want to work on your weaknesses. But it is an underrated approach or underrated um, skill. Well, yeah. not a skill, but a... Sometimes I'll do it. Like, if I'm losing an athlete in a session because their confidence is plummeting, I'll say, all right, we're just going to 
change to this. Yeah. And I'll like, you know, throw half volleys outside off for a while. We'll say, we're just going to work on here. And all of a sudden they hit four or five out of the middle and their whole attitude changes yeah, again. Yeah. And you can go back to what you were working on, the, the weakness again. So yeah, it's an important, mm. I think just a psychological tool to practice your strengths a bit more. Yeah, good one. All right. What well, else you got there? Well, we... We don't really need to talk about the holiday clinics. Oh, the holiday were. clinics were a lot of fun. Thanks, Bison, for yeah. filling in while Brad yeah. had the dentist. <laughs> Expensive trip to the dentist. They are a lot of fun, though, aren't they? Yeah. We get to, like, I think my favourite part about coaching is actually when you're out of the nets. Yeah, yeah, it is fantastic. Yeah. It's like when we run our last session of the term, we always do yeah, team yeah. building activities. It's like that, but just for an extended period of time. Yeah. yeah. The holiday clinics are great and really good raps. Shout out to So Fresh. <laughs> The kids love so the raps. Fresh. It's fresh break. Oh no, <laughs> fresh break. So fresh. I'm thinking of uh, CDs yeah. back in the 2000s. What's your favourite game during a holiday clinic? Yeah, that's a good question. Or activity. Noughts and crosses. <laughs> <laughs> Noughts and crosses is the best game ever because like, there's nothing better game. than watching someone pick up a ball yeah. and do 360s in the middle yeah. of the... Of the um, of the square of the um, court, rows, yeah, yeah, court, and then um, you have the rest of the group yelling out where to go, yeah. and then you see the other team come up and you panic more because yeah. your time's running out, and then all of a sudden you've moved a ball that's going to let the other team win, and you just sit there and you go, oh no. The best, my favourite part of that activity is when you watch, and it's clear as day where you need to put the yeah, ball, yeah, yeah, and everyone can see where you need to go, yeah, hundred percent. In the moment, that player has no idea. And they start to like anything like that's why it's so much fun. Like anything, when the pressure goes on, there you can just see their mind going crazy. You can almost see their head spinning and they're panicking. Mm. And then they miss it, and then they walk back. They go, "Oh, how easy would that have been? How did I miss that?" Yeah. And I want to let's talk about pressure for a second. And I think this is something that we do really well. We can pat ourselves on the back for this. <laughs> what we do is Tickets. with most with most things that we do we'll always implement some sort of uh, not punishment you want to say punishment but there's always a repercussion for an action something on the line yeah so most of the time any of our athletes are doing a team based drill there's always added pressure because of what we put onto mm. it and I think a lot of the time at training we lack that um, game like pressure or that adrenaline rush yeah, that we get yeah. while the pressure's on and that's what I really like about what we do is that we've always got something on the line for the athletes, so it's not foreign to them when they feel pressure in a game. Yeah, yeah. The more I like they do watching them. Um, they practice half the time. They just don't want to let their team down. Exactly, which is great. And how many times do you think about that in a game of cricket? Which is great because I feel like a lot of the time in this individual game, you're putting a lot of pressure on yourself for yeah, your own yeah. success rather yeah. than I want to do well for the team. Yeah, and how many like when you if you drop a catch in a game. Mm. What do you think? And you're going, oh, I've let... Boys are going to give it to me. <laughs> I've let the bowler down. I've let my skin exactly down. Right, I've let yeah. my whole team down. Especially if it's a big dog batter. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's just... Yeah, pressure, pressure is something that we do highlight a lot. And even just in those little games there, like, it's fun. It's entertaining yeah, yeah. for both you and I to watch. But at the end of the day, they're practicing being Oh, yeah, and there's a reason why we do it. Exactly right. All right, let's um, do some holistic training stuff. Mm. So, as far as the development is concerned... Cam and I have come up with a couple of things that we think at the moment the athletes might be lacking in their development. And I'm interested to hear your one and then I want to hear some of your like tactics around because you're really good at Ooh. the one you're going to talk about. Well, is this where you want me to talk about routine? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what I think. Like, And I don't mean like uh, 
routine as in your batting routine when you walk to the crease or your bowling routine when you stand at the top of your mark or walking back to your mark. I mean like day-to-day and week-to-week routine, especially like for the youngsters that we coach or the youngsters out there listening. At their stage in their life, the like it goes back to like what we're talking about for a pre-season. You're laying the foundation to get better throughout the season. Same with your routine that you start at a young age. If you can nail down the routine that works well for you, and it's not going to stay like that forever because your routine is going to change when you leave school and as you start to hopefully get part-time jobs and your workload increases. Sometimes you might be playing three sports and in a few years' time you might only be playing the one Mm. sport, whatever the case may be. But just getting into a routine where you feel like you're approaching every element of your life in a positive mind frame. So when you turn up to cricket training, you're in a good mind frame. When you turn up to school, you're in a good mind frame. When you go home to your parents, you're in a good mind frame. When you go to bed, you're in a good mind frame. But I think it's just something that's underrated where these different things can influence each other because your routine's a bit out of sync. And we spoke about it, I think, on our very first episode, how we were feeling good about my peak because we just got into a good routine and we did you consistently do the same things or not the same things but doing the things you want to do day in day day in day out week in week out yeah and you do start to see a i think a noticeable difference in the outcome so what is the importance of having you kept kept saying in a good mind frame doing this to be in a good mind frame doing this to be you know positive what's the importance of that like why do we always want other than the fact that we always want to feel good, yeah, yeah. what's the importance of always having that positive Oh, mindset? well, it's simply to, if you're going to cricket train, it's to learn, mm. or pretty much to learn at their age, you're always, at any age, you're always learning. But then outside of that too, it's like when you do go home and you're in a good, if your routine's right, you might take on a little bit more responsibility. You might do a little bit more homework or you might go out the back and play with your siblings or... Mm. You might talk to your parents about something you'd snub them off about, which every teenager out there is guilty of all the time. I certainly was. Mm. And But just like making sure that the routine is putting you in a position to enhance that, not your routines, putting you in a position that might degrade that, I suppose. Mm. That's good. Because, is that what you mean? Yeah, it's interesting yeah. because one thing that I noticed about you from a, like when we first started hanging out was your positivity, happiness, energy, like it was always there. Didn't really matter what <laughs> circumstance you're in with Cam, he was always happy. So Well, happiness is important. Yeah, but you you do it better than most. I'll give you a pat on the back there, brother. So is That's that do you put that down to your routine because you've always been routine based? Well, I reckon I put that down to when I was growing up, I was always doing things that I loved, mm. and my parents always let me do that. Yeah, but like you saw me at the gym, and I always loved going to the gym. You saw me at cricket back then. I always loved going to cricket. Still do. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite funny. Or but then like but you're right. Like you got to be turning up to these things in the right frame of mind. Because like, some people would argue that going to the gym at 6 o'clock in the morning oh, yeah. is not something to be happy about. Yeah, that's right. And but that's where do where you, you get your happiness from in those situations? Well, that's right. That's where your routine comes back to. And if you're thinking that, then maybe you go to the gym at 4 p.m. Yeah. Or you go to the gym at, during lunchtime. Yeah. Whatever 
works well for you. That's why we always say everyone's different. How would you instruct like one of our athletes now if they said to you, you said, Cam, like I want to come and start organizing my routine. What's some of the tips that you would give them to do that? Oh, you know what one I love? And it's not really about routine, but it makes me think about routine. You know that um, video of the school teacher with the class? Yeah, the yeah, yeah. And he has the golf ball. Yeah, there, yeah. Yeah, that's a great one. That's what I always think of. When I watch that video, Like that's like a prioritization yeah. um, little activity. But it just makes me think of routine. Because mm. it's like, for example, if it's a school kid, you might have like, say, three main things. It doesn't have to be three, but it might be like schoolwork. It might be sport and it might be family yeah and it's like they're the three things your weekly calendar whether it is sitting down and writing it which is always like we say the best way well not the best way but a great way to do it or well, we kind of do say it's the best way don't we write yeah. things down 40 percent more likely to achieve something yeah like yeah that. but just making sure that that's your priority with your routine mm. so it's like if your priority is to you know, if you've got an English assignment, you're struggling with English and you need to do well at that, well, that's your priority for the day or the week mm. or the fortnight, whatever the case may be. Or if, for example, you're a young cricketer out there and you're going, oh, cricket season's just around the corner. For this term, I'm going to join my peak. Beautiful. <laughs> Plug, nah, but <laughs> yeah, um, just like for me, like prioritizing the things you want to do or you need to do or you like to do. And that's going to set up your routine. I like it. That's really good. Mm. You've inspired me. Yeah, well, go right at the umbrella. What do you got for me? Play more golf. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, the one that what I... What have you got? What's got, your one? Yeah, I want to talk about uh, sleep with the young athletes. So Sleep? Yeah, just a lot of the, a lot of the kids um, you talk to at the moment talk about like what time they're going to bed, things they're doing before bed. And I just don't think, and it comes back to what you, you've said, that we don't have, we don't place enough prior, um, priorities on our sleep. There's mm-hmm. a lack of routine there. And I, I, I'm, I'm not great at it. I know the importance of some of the things, but like, yeah, busy life can obviously take over on a lot of the things you do. But so many awesome stats I see on social media now about the importance of sleep and, and what happens if you're not getting those... Um, those um, good hours in and especially when it comes to learning a new skill uh, the time uh, the time that your brain is actually imprinting those is during your sleep so the mm. best thing our athletes can do after a good session of learning is make sure you're going home and prioritizing your sleep a lot of the kids these days athletes these days because of social media and our phones and things like that you're on it until you fall asleep yeah and I know that there's days that I'm doing that too yeah. and I just think like if I had a better routine in place and I was writing those things down, like you said, I think I could start to tick some boxes and start figuring out what works for me and, and getting those right hours of sleep in. Something ridiculous, a stat that I read that it said, if you get an hour and a half less sleep than you're meant to each night, you get you can literally add like 275 um, grams worth of weight just by not sleeping properly, like a, a quarter of a kilo. And if you're doing that consistently, yeah, wow. like you can really um, pack on the K cheese. So you must be getting some good sleep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's touchy. So I just think that at the moment, tying into what you said, I think we need to try and um, inspire the kids or just instruct the kids to prioritize their sleep as one of their main functions of health. And 
especially I know it's hard with assignments and, and homework. Like I knew what that was like going through school. But if you take Cam's advice of um, trying to put together a really good routine, hopefully you're ticking those boxes each day that will get you to sleep, one, at a reasonable hour, and two, in good sleeping conditions. How much sleep is good sleep? Yeah, so most people know, most studies say between seven and nine hours. Um, and it also, Is that like deep sleep or just in total? That's just in total. Yeah. Um, and people, <laughs> have you ever heard the every hour before midnight's worth two hours of sleep? No, I haven't. Yeah, so I don't entirely know if that's true, but I definitely feel like if I sleep from 10 to 6, that eight hours felt so much better than 12 to 8. Yeah, right. So I don't know if that has anything to do with it. Who gets up at 8 o'clock? Hey? Who gets up at 8 o'clock? Yeah, yeah. We fall asleep on the lounge <laughs> watching the golf. Smitty, well done. So, yeah, sleep's my one, and I think that I'm going to have a chat with a few of the athletes about that at training, about yeah, nice. what their routine is like when they try and get to sleep. Obviously, shutting off the electronics. You know, so when you say routine for sleep, yeah. do you mean like literally... Before I go to bed, I brush my teeth. Or... No, so your routine, if you're really getting serious about it, should start in the morning. Oh, wow. But as you're waking up. So you're waking Straight up. Straight back to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> so like obviously you're getting natural light in as, as quickly as possible to wake up. That sets off like your body clock, your rhythm. So then um, you know, 12 to 16 hours later, you're starting to get tired. And then let's say an hour and a half before bed or an hour before bed, like your phone's away. Even if you're not... Because a lot of people say, shut your screens off, yeah. so you can't watch telly. But even if you transition to that and you just say, okay, I'm going to put my phone on charge now before bed and I won't touch it, watch telly, like maybe turn it off 20 minutes, brush your teeth, do all those things, so you've got a bit of wind-down time where you haven't watched your screen. Um, but, you know, getting the sleeping conditions good, like temperature's important, all that kind of stuff. There's a lot to do, but I think to start small, it would be um, set a couple of goals with it, what time you turn on your phone off, what time you want to go to bed, what time you want to wake up, and then you can branch out from there. <laughs> Thoughts on that? Yeah, that's good. I was just thinking about that phone call you had earlier today. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is good. Phone call. What What about like? So, like, you talk about your routine for sleep. Mm. Can you like? Do you? If you don't get much sleep during the week, can you catch up for that? Like on a weekend, is that a thing? That's a good question, and I've I've actually heard some stuff on this. So. People talk about if you don't have a good sleep, can you catch up with a nap the next yeah, day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the answer is like, no, you can't. <laughs> but is it beneficial to have that nap? Yeah, like, yes, yeah. it is. It's like it's like charging you up to 80%. It's not going to... If you're on 50% charge, it'll get you 80, but it won't get you to 100. Oh, that's a good analogy. So, yeah, so it's like the you you must prioritize your long bedtime sleep more than you, can, you prioritize your nap. For example... If you're so tired and you need it, and you, for whatever reason you need like a three or four hour nap, and if, if that's going to hinder your nighttime sleep, then you're better off not taking it. Yeah, right. So you're better off waiting until the bedtime to try and utilize that deep sleep, like you said. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the sleeping conditions are better. Dark, quiet, all those things mm. are important. So short answer is no, but it, it, it's better for you to do it if it's not going to affect your sleep that night. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. Awesome. So there are a couple of things the kids can do the athletes can do but some of the things that i think they're doing well at the moment is the social health at my peak oh yeah well we just spoke about the holiday clinics mm. it's a good time like now's a great time like the last week of my peak we do the big group sessions bring everyone in field in fitness leadership small-sided games mm. 
then we kind of like you said the holiday clinic's like a a bigger version of that mm. plus obviously some net sessions and some skills in there as well and now we lead into week one of my peak and everyone just feels like everyone's been talking to each other for ages yeah i agree i think that it's actually interesting, particularly in our Campbelltown crew, because mm. at the moment, with the weather the way it was, we've sort of integrated like a few sessions together where there's multiple athletes training at once. And I feel like at the moment, there is like a deeper connection with some of those athletes. They're yeah. spending more time together. They're training together more regularly. Their communication between them, their confidence is better. Like the last term, I've really seen that group gel pretty well. Helps that Millie got her piece and brings everyone to train him. Did Millie get a piece? <laughs> You'll have to ask her. <laughs> <laughs> so no i just think that the social health big tick at the moment at my peak yeah yeah that's great it's always good when you see kids especially like you can think of some kids when they come to their first session nervous and they're so they're quiet down. as you are like it's a new environment yeah but now you see some kids that are getting along with other kids that they never met before like a house on fire almost too much giving us a bit of stick every so yeah, often yeah that's right <laughs> that's I, good to see and i think that this is the area of coaching or being a part of a community that you don't think about when you sign up to like yeah. i know for me that whenever i went to do coaching of any kind as the athlete that i was always going to get better at my skill but before i knew it the other things that i got out of the coaching was like oh well that's worth 10 times what i paid it's because, like going to kevs yeah I've, yeah exactly right yeah you can't pay anything that matches what you get out of something like yeah, that. Yeah. And that's why I, I never understood that as a kid until probably Kev's. Yeah, yeah, like, I'm yeah. just not here to be better at this. This yeah, is helping yeah. me in so many different ways. Yeah, yeah. And then in turn, that actually helps you to be better at the thing you went there to do to begin with. Because you're positive and yeah. happy. Yeah, oh, he's got it. Not just that either. This has been good. I've liked this yeah. one. Lots of good stuff. All right, we'll finish with some gratefuls before we head off to throw a couple of balls. <laughs> well, you know what I'm grateful for? See if you can say my grateful for me. Um, you're grateful for uh, TikTok gardening videos. <laughs> Not just that, but just the gardening. I've just put in a fresh garden out the front. Mm. Well... Not really. I've put in the... the last garden we put in for you was lockdown. Yeah, that, yeah. That. that was when I first moved in here. That was yeah. like eleven three months days ago. into moving in here, wasn't it? Yeah, it was pretty quick. Yeah. Oh, it's a bit later. We had the wheelbarrows coming down the side. Yeah, yeah. That was good fun. So now I've done the similar thing out the front. Can't wait to get stuck into it over the next oh next month, I suppose, mm. as the weather starts to warm up. Perfect time to start planting some seeds. Yeah. That's Reaping another, the harvest. That's another uh, analogy or yeah, analogy for, for the off season. growth. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Planting the seeds now. Reap the rewards. What about you? Track. Mine is, I think about like what what comes with it. So like the house is almost done, and yeah. I start to think about like planting the garden, <laughs> getting everything in order, the new coffee machine. So oh. grateful for the new house. I'm Dad said four weeks yesterday. Wow. And I said no five weeks probably well he's actually been the opposite though he's been a bit conservative he's been pushing it back but now i feel like he sees the finish line yeah. and he's like let's pull the finish line forward <laughs> so we'll see we'll wait and see so once we get the gun really? going and that's like the own space will be nice and yeah so i'm grateful to, to get in there soon so that's me well done all right crew well we'll wrap it up let's it's wrapped up yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll catch you next time thanks on the for your time Peak today Jugsy. Thank you, brown dog. Over and out.